0: Welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your still Zoom co-host Ben and I'm with Omar. Okay, so Omar, first and foremost, why are you looking like a Red Dead Redemption character right now? (laughs) You just need a cowboy hat and you're looking like a villain. What's going on with that?
1: Well, I've always wanted a mustache and (laughs) I figured, you know, I'm locked in my house. No one's gonna see me other than the podcast listeners, yeah, which and is watchers quite a few people. and watchers. Let me, you know what? Let me get that plug in there right off the bat. If you are listening on whatever platform you normally do, go over to YouTube right now. Our YouTube channel. Just go search the session of basketball podcast. You're gonna get video, and the audio is somehow gonna be better quality. So come over to YouTube. Look at our amazing faces and look at my mustache. That's your incentive to come.
0: Yeah, I think the mustache, so initially what happened was we were in the group chat and it was just completely random. So Omar just, you know, kind of like this middle-aged person who's just trying, who's just starting to get with the times, Yeah, TikTok, and uh, he made a TikTok of himself doing this weird Bollywood thing with his hair and he's like, you know, like shaking it all around, just showing his beard. I'm like, okay, this is somewhat interesting. I wonder what's going to happen. And then he kind of did like this, puts the thumb over the camera, the he takes it out, the yeah, then put I the hand it. over the camera, take it out, and then all of a sudden, you see freaking <laughs> a Red Dead Redemption character appear. Everything is shaved, so right now you know it looks it looks pretty good because he has a little bit of a stubble going on. Yeah, I, I don't know if it looks good, but it's <laughs> you know it's it's presentable, but um at the TikTok. it was clean shaved completely mm-hmm. clean shaven all he had was these was this joe exotic oh, yeah. handlebar I, I had this horseshoe
1: mustache all the way down i got rid of that a couple days ago but for like uh-huh. the first two or three days it was a mustache and then it went all the way down to here and i don't know I, like i went for a run um uh, just in my neighborhood and stuff like that while social distancing, of course. And I was just getting a whole bunch of weird looks because they just saw this, this guy with really long hair and this horseshoe mustache, just like panting and running after like one kilometer,
0: I was like gone. So do you know Hall and Oates? No, they're a band in the eighties. Okay. Um, very, you know, just classic. There's this one guy who you look like, you look exactly like him. Uh, if you search up Hall and Oates, there's this guy with a black hair and mustache he has longer hair as well. You know what? I'm just gonna keep talking. I want you to search Notes because I want you to show it and then right, show I, the how do I spell it? H A L L. Okay. And then and. Okay. O A T. I believe it's E S. Hallenotes. So there's this yeah. one guy there. Oh huge, damn! I see huge, him. huge in the in in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That's why I don't even know of this band in the first place. Damn. But there's this one guy that looks exactly like you right now. So in the 80s. Yeah, show show him yeah, you know right now. This is video I can show you guys. Look, <laughs> look at that guy.
1: That guy looks good. What the hell? Uh, man, I've always wanted curly hair. If I had long curly hair,
0: okay. You I know this quarantine is crazy for everybody, but I think <laughs> you need to I think you need to tone it down just a little bit. Um it's funny. Before the podcast, I was just about to be like, yo, Omar, I think I wanna I wanna just do something, so I might just shave. And then you ask me, you're like, Do you even want to do it? And I'm like, huh. You're right. I don't even want to do it. (laughs) There's no reason for me to do it in the first place. I'm just like, oh shit, like quarantine's doing that. So I've
1: always wanted a mustache and I have never been allowed to have a mustache. Shout outs to Iman for for (laughs) never letting me do it. But now that we're quarantined, she didn't really have a reason because she's not seeing me. I'm not hanging out with anyone. I'm not going out. So this is the perfect time for me to, you know, live my, live my best life and grow this mustache. So I'm excited. And then, yeah, you come to me when, this, when we're planning this call and you're like, I want to shave just so I can look different. I don't even want to <laughs> shave, but I just want to look different.
0: <laughs> I'm just so tired. And, you know, as you can see right now, I'm wearing a full on hat because ever since our conversation about team no fade, I'm having a really tough time just like looking yeah. in the mirror and seeing
1: can, how. Can we get a fade check though? Can, can we get a fate check?
0: That's never going to happen until, until this quarantine is <laughs> over and I actually get one. Man, I may even learn it myself. I don't know wow. how I'm going to do it. That's gonna, if, if I do do that and I mess up, I'm not seeing Wasi for the next year or two because that's going to be insanity to deal with. I'm not willing to do that. And, and my dad going
1: on and wants he yeah. just roasting you. He would hair. do it.
0: He, You'll yeah. hop on this call like it's house party somehow, some way. He'll just join randomly just to roast me. So I'm not going to let that happen. Uh, we were watching Vikings just last night, actually. You know, like my parents and I just wanted to start a new TV show. It's yeah. a good show. I think you'd like it. I think I recommended it. I think I'm a, I'm a um, few
1: episodes in, but... Oh, are you? Okay. It's... So, do I, so, so I, I don't think I gave it a proper chance because
0: I watched... The last Kingdom.
1: I don't know if you watched. Uh, oh,
0: I really wanted to ever since I yeah. was uh, kind of like on this historical wave. Yeah, I did want to check it out, but I, so, didn't, I didn't get to it. For me, it was back to back to back. I watched Game of Thrones.
1: Um, I don't know if it was the second last season or the last season because I'm getting my times mixed up, but it was like whatever last year. And after that, I'm like, man, I want a show like that to watch, you know, old timey or whatever. And Sherry recommended The Last Kingdom. Now it starts off really low budget. Like first season, you're just like, what are these battles? Like imagine going from Game of Thrones level budget to like, yeah, I'm like, bro, I can tell that's made out of cardboard, that shield. Like what the hell is this? But (laughs) it gets really good. So I loved Last Kingdom. And then when I caught up on that, I'm like, man, I need a new show. And I'm like, Maybe I'll check out Vikings, and I just I had too high expectations early on. I I had no patience with it, so I got like three or four episodes in. And I'm like, man, I'm done. All right, yeah, it's, tell me?
0: it's definitely B. Like it's definitely B grade. Like it's yeah. not like your A level. Um, like the Last Kingdom, just from the trailer of it, it seemed like it's already um pretty great. But you know, with with Vikings, it's just. There's there's action. There's a historical part to it, and the story is somewhat enjoyable as well. Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't need to pay attention for it. You don't need to pay attention to it too much for you to really pick up on what's going on. Like I'm mostly just on my phone at the same time, just like looking at TikToks or whatever while watching Vikings. So it's yeah, TikToks
1: of me it. doing the mustache. Uh, yeah,
0: of course that's <laughs> the only thing I'm watching. Yeah, but I think the best part about this is like it's easy to follow to the point where you know you have immigrant parents. <laughs> explaining every two minutes what's going on in the plot. Like, yeah. if I can do that while on my phone, that means it's an easy enough TV show to follow. <laughs> but uh, while we were watching it, my dad just randomly, you know, just because you brought up your your handlebar, your mustache, he's just like, man, should I shave my head? <laughs> it's like, what? Like, why do you want to do that? And My mom shut it down so quick. She's just like, in Bangla, of course, she's just like, you know the way you look when you do that, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> so, you know, he's not doing it, but I think he just really wanted to because he's just like I. I was just like, I look different. I don't even know if I want to do it, but I look different and I'm willing to try it out. Whatever. We're doing yeah. a bunch of crazy things in this quarantine. Speaking of looking different, you're talking about Vikings.
1: That makes me want to like... Man, some of the hair in the Last Kingdom and the and the Viking, it
0: looks so dope. You know, like yeah. long braid, Viking braids, sides. The main shape. guy, Ragnar, with his yeah. uh, his braids in the back, and he has like shived, uh, shived shaved sides. Yeah, it looks so cool, man. man I, so I'm always thinking, I'm like, man, I just want to do like a single
1: Viking braid when my hair gets a little longer and stuff like that. So don't you're know. wild. I don't know.
0: I you're I, wild, man. I, I thought I'm you stuck. were. I, I thought you were a number country. I had no idea you were capable of such wild measures.
1: Look at me. Do you think I'm
0: a man <laughs> of, of restraint? I have a mustache. Yeah. Oh, there's my dad. Hey, Dad. We're just doing the podcast. Hey dad. Right? Okay. I just just joined in. Hello. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. This is for uh, this is for YouTube. Say hi to YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. It's gonna go on live television soon enough. Shave no, your he head. Did. Shave your head. He's asking you to shave your head. I will. <laughs> Hey. So Omar, as you can see, I am living with my parents still. Uh <laughs>
1: well, I mean in this economy, where else would we be?
0: But uh, you know, amidst the craziness of like what we've been up to with the quarantine, what are some other things that you've been keeping up with?
1: Um cooking. I've been I've been nice. you know, just experimenting. I feel like, you know, at least a couple nights a week I want to try something different. Uh this week, let me give a quick update. I had I did spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, It seems simple, but it was like my first time making the meatballs from scratch and then like, you know, putting together a nice sauce and stuff. And my sister, shout out Sarah, said uh, it was the best pasta sauce she's ever had. So I'm like,
0: wow, there we go.
1: Moving up in the world, Um, which was nice. And And little
0: sisters are, they're going to be honest. Like they don't care about your feelings. They're going to you exactly how they feel. So if she says something good, dude, that's a huge compliment. man.
1: Yeah, felt good. Felt good. And... Then I did um, some fried rice and uh, beef with mixed vegetables. Shout out Eddie's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's just shouting everything out. Yeah, why not, bro? Uh, Iman, (laughs) by the way, Iman hates it when we say shout out to blank friend of the pod. Because she's like, not everybody is a friend of the pod. But I'm like, if they're friends of ours, they're friends of the pod. So just to piss Iman off, I'm going to continuously do it. Shout out to Eddie's friend of the pod
0: yeah and shout out not to iman because she doesn't want to be a friend of the pod all right yeah, if it's like yeah, that then what, it's like that
1: what the hell she's like you guys say it after everyone's name you're like morose friend of the pod can friend of the pod they can just be friends no they
0: all deserve shout outs they all deserve yeah. shout outs and uh every single thing a shout out to this microphone friend of the pod friend of
1: the- <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, my fried exciting rice. Though, man. Yeah, my fried rice is still kind of lacking. I, I feel like I'm not getting the. I'm maybe not using enough oil or not enough uh, salt or whatever. But uh, I think that needs some work. But the beef came out really well, and then made uh, used like the stock from the beef to like make a sauce and uh, reduce that down. And smart. it was like
0: it was nice and like beefy. It was good. Mm. As beefy as I am. Beefier. Oh, snap, crackle, and pop. What have you been up to, Ben? Man, I've been on the same wave as you. Uh, definitely a new skill that I've been wanting to um, continue to work on is cooking. Yeah. It's so much fun, man. It's like it when is. you finally yeah. make the product in itself, yeah. it's so cool to look at it and be like, yo, I made that shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? And sometimes it's genuine shit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there are other times where it's like, hmm, I can eat this. Yeah. So, um, what I've made more recently, um, I've made, well, I actually made a pasta. Mm Uh, I searched up, I just had some shrimp, I had some fettuccine and I had some of the cheese that I needed. Yep. So I figured, okay, let me just see, you know, what kind of recipes there are available. Let me just follow that because I have ingredients. I might as well just do something with it. Yep. Um, and so I searched it up online and I had to go through certain recipes because there are some where, you know, they have the ingredients that I just didn't have at the moment. And you know, I don't know if you've been out going to grocery stores or whatever, but if you go to no frills or like Walmart, it's going to be like a 60 minute wait just for you to mm-hmm. get inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, I'm not down for that. Let me just look for a more simple recipe. So it's a shrimp, um, fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah. That, I'm, uh, that I made. um, It was a lot of fun to make, first of all, because, you know, just like seasoning everything, you know, you get the shrimp um, following the following the steps. I find that the more I cook things, the easier it is to follow certain steps because it's like, oh, this motion is something that I've done before.
1: That, that's all you it what is. I mean? It's about learning skills, right? Uh, the, the, the best cooking advice I've ever gotten is I, I'm forgetting who I said it and I feel bad. It was like from a video that I watched, but a recipe is just something that someone did once and it turned out okay. So I yeah. wrote it down. <laughs> that's, that's all a recipe is. Someone just did it. So like sometimes I used to adhere so much to it and be like, Oh my God, I'd be so stressed out. But then when you start learning certain skills, the ability to put a sauce together in a pan the ability to know when your pasta is done and how much, how much you need to undercook your pasta if you're going to finish it in a sauce and like stuff like that, yeah. you learn skills and then it becomes whole new world kind of thing.
0: a hundred percent, especially like the little things that you mentioned, like I realized that, you know, like a generous amount of salt is like not the entire, <laughs> like I basically my pasta came a little bit too salty. And so, um, it was a pretty simple recipe. It was pretty much just, um, you know, lots of butter. Holy crap. Like eight tablespoons of butter total throughout this entire recipe. So it's extremely buttery. Um, a cup and a half of cheese. Like, it's funny. Like I still remember how the recipe is and all that just because I, you know, you follow it down to a T you want to make sure it's perfect. But, um, by the end of it, when I finally started planning it, they said the last step is to season it with even more salt and even more pepper now, at that point, I feel like that's when it became a little too salty, mm-hmm. um, not to the point where it's like, you know, you can't eat it at all, but it definitely is a little more salty than I would have liked it to be. Yeah. So again, it's just noted for next time. I think yeah. you said it best. Enjoy the journey. Yep. right enjoy the journey of it more than anything is just have fun with what you're making the final product doesn't necessarily have to be a five star product yeah. though it will be give me a month baby it will be five stars and, and that's
1: <laughs> that's the most rewarding feeling it's like last time i i made fried rice was like i don't know a few months ago or something like that and it was garbage and then i just made it yesterday and it was like okay but it's like i can see the improvement and now it's like i'm like running through things in my head i'm like i'm gonna try this next time i'm gonna do this and it's like you slowly work to it and then now eventually i get to the point like i'm not a a a cook or anything like that like i'm definitely still new in the kitchen but there are like a few dishes where i'm like no matter what i know i can get this right every single time because i've done it wrong so many times that i know what to do now it's like i have messed this up too many times that i'll never mess it up again and this is like my go-to
0: i can do it now and that's really rewarding And uh, I'm somewhat spoiled myself because my dad is a chef. He gives me like these little tips and tricks. The only issue with that is like sometimes when I try to cook with them, it's like I'm not even the sous chef. Yeah. I'm a viewer. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do something. But my dad's like, okay, here, this is how you're going to do it here. Just follow this along. Okay. Okay. You do it now. Okay. You can not do it here. Give me that. Let me just whisk it really quick and let me just do the entire thing. So that kind of takes away from the experience because really you learn by your failures. Your past mistakes are the best way to learn. But I think what I really like the most about cooking is when I taste something now, I'm getting to the point where I can be like, if this had just a little bit of this ingredient, it would do something to it. Yeah. I think it would do something to it. And then next time it's like, maybe I will add that. You know, with my pasta, if I had some garlic powder, I wonder what that would have done for it. Yeah. Just to just experimenting. And that's what my dad said as well. Yeah. He's like, what do you think you need in this product? Yeah. Throw it in, see what happens. If it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't, it doesn't.
1: Training your palate is so important. And that's something that I like I never used to think of before I started cooking in the kitchen. It'd just be like, I'd be I'd be eating something. I'm like, oh, this tastes good. And I have no idea why it tastes good. It's just like, oh, this tastes good. This tastes bad. And I leave it at that. And, yeah. and now it's more about why does something taste good? And if it doesn't, what can I do to make it taste better and stuff like that? And it's like, exactly. I'm still really bad with that. Like my, my mom and bless her soul. She's always there for that. Like she's the executive chef. Like I'm, I'm doing something and I'm like, okay, I think this is good. And then I'll just call her over. I'm like, mom, can you taste the sauce? And then she'll taste it. She'll be like, okay, you need a little bit more of this. I'm like, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Cause it's like my palate's still not there yet, but like with her, she can just taste it and she'll know exactly what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so I always appreciate that level of guidance because like, while I'm still training my palate, I have like, I struggle with that sometimes. Salt was the thing that I'm, I'm getting better at, but I have no idea. She'd be like, oh, how does this taste? i would be like,
0: I don't know like he's like <laughs> is it too salty I'm like I don't know I thought this was chocolate milk what do you what do I know <laughs> uh, I'm really happy for you I'm glad to hear yeah I know. it's so yeah. much fun man and um it was pasta that I made and um I made something else did I talk about the tacos that I made uh I saw your snap story I we didn't talk yeah. about it though yeah. Yeah, so I made tacos as well, man. Just a okay. pound of ground beef. Yeah. Um they, they obviously have the uh the dinner kits that you can find in grocery stores. So it has a seasoning, it has a sauce, it has the shells. Um I also learned that I'm team soft shell more than team hardshell. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I always okay. thought I'd be I'd be team hard shell. It just seemed like the crispiness of it would be amazing. Yeah. But with team soft shell, you can do so much more with it. Like it doesn't even have to be like, you know, the lean ground beef of tacos. You can just add more things to it. Has, you know, yeah. you, you can do more. But I followed this recipe online. We had a lot of the ingredients already. So I figured why not? Yeah. Um, if there's also anything that I learned, um, the kitchen at the Siddiqui household, we have quite a bit yeah. <laughs> over here. You know what I mean? Like we have. Things that I did not expect at all, like yeah. baking powder. I just didn't expect us to have it. I don't know why. Yeah. Or like nutmeg. I'm like, oh, we have nutmeg. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I still don't to this day, but it added something dude, to my recipe. Growing that
1: growing up in an ethnic household, like there's yeah. so many spices. Sometimes I go on Twitter and people are like, you know, take pictures of their spice cabinet or something. And I'm like, dude, that's like three things. Like, <laughs> And I, and I open mine up and I'm like, I'm pretty blessed to have access to all of this stuff.
0: No, our parents, they have such good experience. And I know, you know, like special shout out. You hear that, Iman? Shout out to my mom, friend of the pod. (laughs) Friend of the pod for being auntie. Shout out to you. You know, when she came here, she was legitimately by herself. So when she would learn, she didn't know how to cook at all. Yeah. She just picked it up from like calling back home using those phone, you know what I mean? Like those phone cards to call back home be like, what do you think I should do? And there's so much trial and error with something like that. And now she is the best ethnic cook in yeah. my opinion you know what i mean so there's so much to learn and it's all about trial and error and there's such a wealth of knowledge just asking them for things so yeah. that's something definitely that i can learn myself because i find myself to be i want to do this myself i don't want any anybody's help if i make a mistake i make a mistake but sometimes it's like okay but it's so avoidable if you listen to this one sentence just yeah. shoot me up for this one sentence and that's it you do your thing yeah you know what I mean? So that's another thing that have also been knowing when this, to ask for help. I think that's something that yeah. a, lot, a lot of people struggle with.
1: But you mentioned a good point about, you know, just cooking with what you do have available. And like, it, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode, too, it's so important because when I'm doing something and I get started, like I you know, plan my ingredients beforehand and then I'll and then eventually when I start cooking, I look, I'm like, oh, I had less of this than I expected. And obviously there'll be times where you have to make concessions where you're like, I wish I had this to finish it off, or I wish I had this as well. But it's like I tell myself, it's like that's kind of part of the challenge, right? It's like you're you're playing in this current pandemic environment. We're kind of playing in hard mode or something like yeah. that. Where I before when I'd be cooking, it's like mid I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, Oh, I don't have this hop in the car. Just go down the street to no froze. I'm back in like less than like 10 minutes with whatever I need. Right. That's not really going to happen anymore. Cause even if there was no line and even if I can make it there and back safely or whatever, they might not just have what I'm looking for. Right. So it's about like making do with what you have and not being so reliant on following every step by step. It's more like, What can I substitute this with? What can I do instead? Right. Like for you, it's like, oh, you know what? I I don't feel like defrosting this chicken or whatever. I have shrimp available.
0: It's going to go to waste if I don't use it. Let me just make a shrimp Alfredo kind of thing. Right, And it's also because my parents are like, listen, we're not going to keep cooking chicken all the time. So you're going to eat this for dinner. You figure out (laughs) lunch yourself. I'm like, I bet. Shrimp, yeah. it is.
1: <laughs> there
0: you go. Have but, you been, uh, have you been uh, feeding them? Have you been uh, letting? Yeah. You so it? I I tried it. um You know, I I gave a plate or like a little bit to my cousin. I just wanted to get yeah. his thoughts on it. Um, and he said he agreed with me. I'm just yeah. He's like it is a little salty, uh, but he thought the shrimp was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good. I personally really like the shrimp as well. Um, and my dad my dad tried it out as well. He's like he agreed with me. It's like it's salty to the point where like it's not bad like it could yeah. be improved but it's not like it's going to take away so much from the recipe itself. it's not like my salty cookies <laughs> those cookies were good
1: yo, i, I could personally not stop eating like yeah.
0: salted cho- i love salted chocolate chip cookies yeah i love that shit dude um yo you i realize you do like baking like cooking and baking is different those are two yeah. completely different ballparks that you're dabbling in right now
1: Cooking is all about feel and tasting as you go and things like that and baking because you can't taste the final product until it's done. It's all right. about measurement and science and being weighing everything and being precise and stuff like that. So uh, baking, I, it's, I'm a, it's a lot more nervous for me to, to pick something up. Like I'm a lot more nervous when it comes to that because it's like I want to make sure I get everything absolutely right because then it's such a waste of like multiple hours to get something mm-hmm. that doesn't taste Because baking, You have to be yeah. so
0: patient with it, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, so I kind of stick with what I know for that. There are a few things that I that I think I'm like, okay, I can get that down. Like bread, now not salty cookies, um, and uh, pastries de nada. Like I think I can do that stuff fine. And then it's like, other than that, it's a bit of a black box. Like my cake still kind of sucks. Like I started dabbling uh Iman got me a KitchenAid stand mixer for my birthday a couple months ago so I've been making uh i made a couple cakes since then I've baked a couple cakes sorry um and the first one kind of sucked the second one was better but it's still like I have a bunch of variables that I can tweak to try to get it right Mm. we gotta get Shimpavi on this pod to uh,
0: to talk about uh baking cakes just just uh yeah just a bake yeah no I agree I think it's just a wealth of knowledge there, right? There's just so many things that they, that they know. And it's, you know, like they're like specialists in it. I think it'd be so cool for them to hop on and like see what they're up to. No, for, for sure. Um, what I was going to say as well is I've, I've noticed that another thing that I kind of wanted to get into, um, you know, just jumping ship for, for a little bit is, um, because power racks are like $1,000 or like $1,500, what I actually wanted to get into, and it's an extremely expensive hobby, but I wanted to get into woodworking. Oh, okay. I don't know where, where it came from, but I think the thought of just being able to make something with just your two hands and some equipment yeah, like really intrigues me. Yeah, well, so that's been something that I just recently just for some reason it just kind of came to me I'm just like that seems very cool. It's just like, okay You just said like a cake stand What if I can get to the point where I could just make it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Just like a do-it-yourself thing Um on reddit i'm actually subscribed to diy which is do it yourself Yeah from before from way before any of this just because I always found it interesting where they have just some wooden planks and And they're able to make, you know, like whatever they want to make, they can just do so much with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of research just online, just to see some of the equipment and it's not necessarily wallet friendly. Yeah. Um, getting like a sawmill or like all of that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's expensive. It's going to cost you money. But, um, I just wanted to share that. It's just something that also kind of intrigued me. I'm like, huh. I wonder how that would work. You know, even if it's basic or whatever.
1: Uh, Iman loves uh woodworking and I mean she's done it quite a bit throughout her degree uh she took like a furniture design course where she had to build a bench and like she still has that bench and stuff like that and again it was like here's a bunch of wood make something with it right and it's like okay how do I put this together how do I make plans so it's it's I remember I had like a I wouldn't say like a bit of a phase because I don't think I'm out of it but I never really you know bought the equipment and got into it because for me it's always like you know um, Iman actually has like a lot of the tools and then like if I ever need to borrow anything from her I can my advice would be like just get into it and start small kind of thing right like you yeah. don't need to buy everything on day one again right. it's working with what you have right you might have a tool that can do 10 different things but it might not be as efficient as this one specialist tool or something like that right but it's right. like you know it's a you can make do with it you can figure it out right yeah like you don't need a table saw from day one you can work with a circular saw it's like i don't know 70 bucks or something rather than like a 400 table saw you don't need to start that expensive
0: oh that's 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 true and uh, i think it's important with with that being our theme pretty much so far is just working with what you have right and yeah i think especially right now um amidst this quarantine uh that's an important reminder for everybody just work with what you have Uh, make the most of where you are and what you're doing. Um, Unfortunately, I've had, you know, I've had some conversations where people are really just being hard on themselves and just, you know, it's a tough time for everybody. I'm sure of it, but uh, there's something, right? There's something for everybody, especially at home. Um, So I feel like, you know, we, we might sound like we keep repeating ourselves with this message, but if it, if it changes one person or if it can kind of steer one person to another direction. And if that means 50 people are being annoyed, I'll take that one person. You know what I mean? Like I'll take that one person all the time because I think it's super important. And that's where conversations get so much more fruitful and so much more enjoyable. When you ask people about what they're up to and what they're passionate about. Um, Passion is something you can see in a person they don't necessarily need to tell you that they're passionate about it. You can see it when you, when you talk to them. Yeah. Um, And, and I think cooking definitely is like the way you talk about it. It's definitely a thing for you that you're passionate about. Um, and I think that's super cool. So dude, keep it up. That's awesome. Do you have any future plans for any other things that you want to make? Um, honestly, uh,
1: I'm thinking of starting to get into like roasting birds and things like that. Like, um, whole chicken or something like that if i want to if i want to roast that and try to make it like nando style or something like that like i again working with you want to
0: you at- want to roast a bird yeah hey robin charlotte sucks <laughs> <laughs> supreme bird yeah, shout out robin friend, friend of the, of the pod.
1: pod friend of the pod robin um, <laughs> um quick aside when when it comes to shouting out Shout out to all of our Australian listeners. You guys are going hard for us. Like we're huh. looking at the analytics and Australia's blowing up. We have a, Crikey. we have a, okay, now they're all gone. But <laughs> shout out to Australia. You know, you guys come over to the Instagram at the session ball and let us know what your favorite episode is and like, talk to us. That's dope. Seriously. Shout out the country.
0: You know, we use Podbean as our service, as our hosting service. Yeah. And the analytics is something I love looking into, man. Yeah. Because it's just one of those things where it's just like, wow, somebody from all the way here. Yeah. You know, I think we saw like uh, Australia, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, all the way to like China, like everywhere. It's just yeah. been super overwhelming. Yeah. Where the people are listening from, man. It's so cool. Sometimes you just take a step
1: back and you're like, man, we're two best friends. And it's been, what, like 20 minutes of this and we've talked about cooking and and, and Vikings. And, and, you know, the fact that people in, enjoy these conversations, it's really humbling. And we just want to continue and we want to keep doing that stuff. So, you know, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube and, and you're looking at us and you're looking at my mustache, you know, drop a like, uh, comment, uh, whatever platform you're listening off, make sure you subscribe and come over to yeah, look at Ben's guns. Uh, come over to Instagram. illegal in 52 States. <laughs> come over to our Instagram, the session ball. You know, that's where we're going to put out our mailbag asks and all our posts. You're going to get notified whenever we drop an episode. So, you know, love the support and uh, keep it going. Um, and yeah, we'll just wrap up cooking. So I think uh, I want to make like a, like a Nando style peri-peri uh, chicken or something like that. Thick, man. We, we have the hot sauce. The, we got it from Costco or something like that. So I was looking at it. I'm like, I think I can do something with this. Like yeah, yeah if we get a bird, like I think we can do something like that. So that's probably next on my list. Maybe next weekend.
0: For me, um, I actually wanted to make chili chicken okay. um, just because our family loves hot cups extremely yeah. difficult recipe yeah. so I want to get the assistance of you know like my mom and dad for this one because yeah. it's a lot of things to put into it but um I do want to do that just because it's just been on my mind and then I've just really wanted it so um reach out to your brother Max I saw yeah he made he, him and Azra yeah yeah and yeah, it yeah, looked good it. it looked good it's a, it's hard to get right it tasted great I yeah. remember that it tasted really good I yeah. liked it I'll reach out to them for sure uh, he had actually given me a, a a little tip, like if something is salty, maybe just add a little bit of sugar, just like a pinch or something, to kind yeah. of take away the saltiness of it. So he definitely knows the stuff. I'll uh, I'll reach out to him for sure. Yeah. Um, when we were playing Warzone, my cousins are also getting into baking a little bit. It's so okay. funny because, you know, one of my uh, one of my cousins, I call him, you know, I call him RCMP, hey. um, Shafat. chefon. I head out. So he's like, you know, he's like a what. Well, RCMP guy, you know, you expect this intimidating figure, right? But he's like, yo, guys, I just baked some cookies. I'm like, oh, snap, what? Tell me all about that. So, you know, like he sent the snap of it and it's just little itty-bitty cutie, cutie cookies. And then my my other cousin, Esau, who was who was already on this podcast and hopefully we can have him for another. This is yeah. our time to get a guest, like, like a I mean? legitimate, legitimate friend of the pod because he was on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um. But he's just like, yo, I'm gonna make cookies as well. So he went to Walmart and got 12 <laughs> ingredients. And so I'm just like, man, screw that noise. Let me hop on this as well. I'm finna make some cookies as well. There you Why go. Why not? I think it's just gonna be fun. It's like it's like this That's cousins dope. thing that we got we got going right now. So Islam uh, also made some potatoes and wings. Yeah. I think everybody really wants to dabble into cooking. Now's Keep the time, man. to come out of this with yeah. amazing cooking experience and the perfect form for a push-up, I guarantee you. <laughs> Worldwide, everybody's doing these gosh-darn push-ups and pull-ups. P- push-ups
1: uh, and cooking and especially uh, bread-making. Everyone's getting <laughs> really into Man, I, I was a, I was ahead of the curve you, on this. You started that wave, baby. I had my core life last year and I got into bread-making and now everyone's getting into bread-making. It's dope man uh, war's warzone man I'm still I'm still tempted to, to download but I don't think I'm gonna do it
0: yeah it's still something I recently got my first win oh that's da- beautiful is that like Fortnite like uh, Battle Royale it's, ba- it's literally Battle Royale like there's ah, another okay. there's another game mode but the tutorial is 9 minutes long a uh, shout out to anybody who plays COD they'll know exactly what I mean the tutorial is way too long and it just wasn't worth it I wasn't gonna wait I wasn't gonna wait through that so I killed the app and started it again mm-hmm. I went to they Battle have- Royale
1: do they have regular multiplayer the way they used to have for, for like, you know, with the respawns, TDM, all that
0: stuff? Uh, so Warzone is like a sect of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay. So you remember how World, world at War had zombies? Like it's yeah. just a part of the game. Oh. So Warzone is like a part of the game. Oh, it's so strange. It's not
1: the actual COD game. Yeah. There's, but there's this... still an actual COD game. Exactly. That you have there's
0: to buy. A, right. Okay. So, Warzone is free, but there's an actual COD game Modern Warfare that you have to buy. Actually, this weekend, they were uh, they were offering some people to play some games for free, like some of the regular multiplayer matches, like hardline team deathmatch, free you know, free for all, whatever. Um, and that was really cool, too. Like, honestly, getting back into COD was fun because you can just respond right away instead of yeah. this gulag business and war zone. <laughs> but uh, I got my first win with Isam uh, and his buddy from South Carolina, Alex. Mm. Um, that boy's name is Jacket Golf because he's a huge golfer. Yeah, he's funny as hell, man. He's so funny. I love that guy. But he, he got us the first one because these guys play competitive. Isom plays competitive Cod. And I had no idea. I've known this guy my entire life and I had no idea that he played competitive Cod. I
1: swear we brought up Cod on the podcast. He's so
0: low-key about it. Dude, he has a team. He literally has a team. It's so weird. They've like won games. They've won tournaments before. They've got prizes. It's insane to me. But anyways, it was me, Isom, and Jack of golf. Um, This is the first night that we're playing. And, um, you know, we lost a few matches. We just we're too aggressive, but Alex is kind of like the play the circle type of person. So, you know, Fortnite, where the circle gets smaller and smaller. So you want to stay in the outer half and then kind of slowly make your way to the middle. Uh, that's the way that he plays it. And we were successful the first night that we did play. So um, we're playing and uh, it was the first few matches. We just no luck last match. I think this was the last match of the night. It was 1130 and Isam had worked the next day. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we got to win this one. And Alex just calls it. He's like, boys, We're going to win this one. I said, bet. I like that confidence. Let's do it. So we always land in lumber. This is just a, you know, a quick tip on how to win. Always land in lumber, get the loot and then get out, slowly make your way into the middle. And it was beautiful. We were in this building. It was like the last two teams. Isam had died because he's garbage at the game. And it was just me and Alex at the time. He couldn't fight his way out? Well, at one point, the gulag just closes because Uh, you're so deep into the game. You're not allowed to have a second chance. So it was just me and Alex, and we're inside this building. We killed so many people, just downed a bunch of people. Um, And then we're outside. And this was a moment in history, Omar, because you know Kawhi Leonard's buzzer beater game seven? This is exactly how it felt. Alex was just like, you look in one corner, Ben. I'll look at the other. I got your six, you got mine. I'm like, bet. There are two little noobs that come outside the window. Pop, 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 pop. Kill one of them. Down the the other. And then Alex, pop, pop, pop. And and then Alex turns around. He also gets the other guy. And then the best thing about this uh, win is when you finish the team, you're kind of waiting for five seconds. And then after five seconds, it says victory. Mm. And when I saw victory, man, I took a photo. I needed to have the proof. And I still have that photo, Isom. It says five kills for me and one kill for you. That's just the way it goes. I don't care about damage. I had more kills than you. Uh. But that was a special moment in history for me. Amazing time, man. And when you get one win, you're like, you're addicted. You just want to get more. I haven't gotten any since then. But I'm just saying, you're addicted to the win. So... You know, I, don't, I don't know more. if I
1: could do that. I never got into Fortnite for that reason because I, you know me, I'm a guy who plays the objective. I run in, SMG, jump on the flag or whatever. So to play, you know, really tactically and camp a lot and stuff like that, It, I I always, and like scared off, oh, I die. That's kind of it, right? I can't get back into it yeah. or whatever. Can't get the guy back. I don't know, that part, that part for me never really, Like I never really got into
0: battle royale games because of that it's the teamwork aspect more than anything. Yeah. It's the fact that you genuinely form like this real world wars type simulator where it's just like, yo, you got to watch my back while I get this crate or yeah. you got to watch my back while I do this. And I think because of that, it just adds, it really does add to the game a lot um, because of the teamwork aspect of it. And that's why it's so addicting. You start to realize um, Anthony is a little noob and you don't want to play with someone like that because he's just you're not going to win any games. <laughs> I just kidding. I know me, he bro. listens. Anthony, yeah. I love you, man. You're just not good at the game. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he, he
1: messaged me. He's like, I'm back to my middle school. Cod days. Add me if you're playing horse Zone. <laughs> I'm not going to add him.
0: Boy, <laughs> guy. He's the most supporting and loving guy ever for this podcast. And in return, what does he get? Roasted. <laughs> By Pedro. <laughs>
1: Speaking of... Speak of <laughs>
0: bro that's pablo to you all right <laughs> uh
1: speaking of games Asad called me uh, i think it was yesterday or something he's like hey man do you have uh, red dead redemption
0: <laughs> <laughs> Asad, come to my house you were supposed to come to my house today Asad. you were supposed to come where are you i've i so he messaged me yesterday he gave me a call i was sleeping actually i took the fattest nap after work <laughs> it was disgusting yeah um but i woke up quite late i think it was around six when i woke up yeah and so i missed a call from him so unfortunately couldn't get it to him but i have the disc right here it's literally right here asad okay i see it um come over to my house and pick it he messaged you though i think right after
1: like you didn't pick up he called me he's like hey i was listening to your podcast uh that's (laughs) dope Assad always comes through with the support and he's like so uh can i borrow red dead redemption and i'm like I actually did think I had the game, but I realized Ali bought the game and he has it at his place in Windsor right oh. now. So I don't have the game here. Like I Sarah was lying to me. She's like, go play it. Sarah was lying I, to me. I go downstairs. I'm like, man, the game's not even here. I can't even play it if I wanted to. So mm-hmm. Ali, if you're listening, bring Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption when you drive back to town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the background, Izzy was just like, end the pod. End, <laughs> the, <laughs> end
0: the podcast. <laughs> Izzy, this pod will never be ended. <laughs> The petition. We went through petitions. Yeah. We went through physical, <laughs> physical abuse from our older brothers. <laughs> got shit pelted at us at us. The, <laughs> the pod out. will never end, baby. Nope. The pod will never end.
1: So I, I will eventually play Red Dead Redemption. But he told me about God of War. Uh, he said apparently that's a that's a sick game. I uh,
0: might let me borrow that. So I might get into that. I've never played any of the God of War. My games. brother recently finished it, and uh, he recently made Twitter. So that's the way I that I do. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah. He 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 tweets. Um, it's so funny. His tweets are funny to me. But um, he, he tweets tw- like a very old person. Yeah, I'll yeah. Say. He's he's like he's like a middle aged man tweeting. He he tweets like he's not twenty nine. <laughs> he tweets more so the uh, thirty six, yeah, thirty seven age, like that cohort. Definitely. Um, it's funny. <laughs> Shout out to him though. He's a like, Great support, friend of the pod, <laughs> brother of he, the pod. He loves the weekend, though. He's been to like so many concerts. Yeah. from the weekend, him and Azur both. They love the weekend. I love him too, man. You listen to that new album, right,
1: bro? I am ready for a deep dive into Let's after do it, baby. We have Let's been do it, we have baby. been hyping up this album for so long, and then <laughs> when it comes out, and we never talk about it. <laughs> but, yeah, that that's that is what this podcast is hyping up. <laughs> Hyping something up, the NBA season. And then when it finally <laughs> arrives, no podcast for three or four weeks. We just radio silence. Listeners are like, it's a basketball podcast. Are they even going to release an episode? We hype <laughs> something up and then, I, and then I'm going to head out. Assalamualaikum. Uh, Assalamualaikum. Talking to Ben right now. No, we're recording right now. You're on YouTube. Say hi. Salam <laughs> Ben says salam. <laughs> Can you do it after when I'm done recording? All right,
0: all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta wrap this up quick. This deep dive might have to take some you know? <laughs> Ah, That's all, right. all um, right. Let's talk, baby. But sorry, that was just so funny to me. We hyped something up and then <laughs> so we stopped. Yeah. And then as soon as the NBA season ends, we're like, oh.
1: <laughs> What's that? The ball season's done? All right. Maybe we got uh, something
0: to talk about. Maybe then. we have a basketball podcast now. Now that the ball season is... Well, yeah, that's crazy. We, we've got to get into that. There's quite a bit of ball to talk about. But uh, first I mean, of not all... Not really, but... <laughs> See, I hyped it up again. Oh, but I hyped it up again. We're not even going to talk ball this episode. We're not even going to talk basketball this episode. Season
1: nearing cancellation. Basketball, co- basketball podcast hostess. Yeah, there's a lot of ball to talk about. <laughs> That's <laughs> been a game played in three weeks. A lot of ball to talk about, man.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Let's go back. Let's rewind yep. a little bit. Um, right. the weekend after, after, after hours.
1: hours. All right. Um, overall, let's just give our ratings. Uh I think I'm gonna say like seven out of ten. I think it was a, wow. I think it was a good album, but I don't think uh, it's all relative, man. Because like for the weekend. I put 10 out of 10 at Trilogy. So for me, everything's relatively ranked against that, right? So that's, that's me. I don't know. Did you think it was better or worse? Better. Better. You better. Really liked, you liked it and I know
0: I was hard on uh, heartless singles, blinding lights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I was, I was a little bit harder at first, but then here's what I kind of did. I shifted my mind. Before, I was always, let me compare to Trilogy Weekend. But that's like a different artist. That's literally comparing apples to oranges at this point. That's fair. The After Hours album to me, Omar, is a complete reinvention of The Weeknd. And I thought that was so cool. The production on this album is so amazing. From front to beginning. It's... (laughs) From front to back. The
1: production on this album from front to beginning... And then nothing else.
0: <laughs> man, you got me messed up right now this podcast, man. I'm trying to be serious right now, man. You're making me laugh.
1: Well, you're the one who said from front to beginning. <laughs> what? So you're saying the production sucks? No,
0: I've had it since you said, we hyped something
1: to <laughs> hype something up, but then just leave.
0: Hype something up? right, don't to out. <laughs> we can't even do that anymore. Shout yeah. out the quarantine friend of the posh <laughs> Oh, man! but yeah, I going back to this album, I thought it was just a complete reinvention of weekend. He started it off with the visuals. We knew we were getting a different type of weekend with this one. And admittedly, I thought it would be a lot more of the cocaine infused. Um, hype not necessarily hype music but you know cocaine music it's I it's was kinda look
1: I was kind of looking forward to some of the cocaine music you know that's what I love <laughs> you, looked the part. you looked apart you looked apart my and stash going I was ready for this for this episode.
0: So we knew we wanted to expect a different kind of weekend We weren't gonna get starboy. Um, and sh- and honestly, a huge shout out to the weekend for that. With every single album, he's it's a complete different version of himself. That's how he keeps yeah. things original. And
1: I mean, I That's like a huge Boy. Testament. Yeah, In all this respect, Starboy is a good album.
0: It's a huge testament to him, um, to The weekend because he's able to reinvent himself for what seems like every single album. You can't tell me Beauty Behind the Madness Weekend is the same as Starboy Weekend. They're they're different in their own ways. And After Hours Weekend is definitely different than Trilogy. And that's why I just came into this album without that expectation. But I will say some things. I did a bit of a deep dive into pretty much every single track. The first couple tracks, I thought it was actually... I actually did not like the production was great, but in my opinion, Natural Voice Weekend is the best weekend. And the first couple of tracks and even some other ones, they played around with the voice so much by adding so many effects. Mm -hmm. It actually took away from the music for me. I just wanted, I know Abel can sing. Live, he's amazing. He's an amazing artist. Give me that.
1: Yeah, the, the first few tracks, that I wasn't really feeling the opening of the album until we got yeah. the first single or whatever. I think when Heartless comes on, or even before that. I, I really liked uh um
0: Escape from L.A., I think, of, of like the, the first... The, the last track. half of Escape from yeah. L.A. when the beat yeah. switches was yeah. really cool. I thought it was a completely different track. I had no yeah. idea what was going on there. Yeah,
1: I think um, that's the turning point for me in the album. The, the first, like, four tracks or whatever, I could probably miss on those. But then Escape from L.A. down, it starts getting really good for me so you
0: didn't like hardest to love or uh scared to live Nah, not really okay i'm not not really
1: feeling i don't know it's weird because it's like those should be the type of weekend tracks that i that i like but it's like i maybe i was just expecting something different and maybe this is more on me as a raider or like a a a person who's trying to appreciate the art i liked the second half of this album a lot better than i like the first okay that's fair
0: yep that's fair so, sorry, I just wanted to open up some of the notes that I did yeah. have here because pull I did up, have some up, things that I wanted to. So, basically, I kind of did like a rating for each track. Okay. Um, but initially, my first note was there's a, a wide range of producers that we have here yeah. Max Martin, um, Metro Boomin. Metro. You know, you have these wide range of producers. So, that's why it's such an original sound, but it also caters to the weekend. I thought the weekend's voice worked really well with the production. Um, and it was really cool because of the variety of producers. It wasn't just a Metro Boomin and a weekend thing. Yeah. It was the weekend and a bunch of other producers as well. Yeah. Um so I gave Alone again and Too Late both a 4. Yeah. Uh, I love the production but I just didn't like the amount of effects that they were putting on. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um after that I gave Hearts to Love and scared to love and Snowchild respectively all 9s. I yeah. love those tracks. Yeah, you and Snowchild especially it's just such a soothing and peaceful song yeah. and the lyrics were really good too um you know it's a, your typical weekend stuff but with scared to live i believe um he's like um sh- you know like she don't need a man she what a man needs so he kind of did a you know yeah. how before it was like never need a what a be where he needs or whatever so yeah. now it's like uh, she don't need a man, she wouldn't, like just little things like that, I'm Just like okay, yeah. so he's kind of playing to both sides, so I thought that was interesting as well, um, Escape from LA, given gave an 8, uh, at first, the first half I was not liking actually, but then when the second half came in, I thought mm-hmm. it was a completely different track, it really built up to it Yeah, Faith is one of my favorite tracks, that's yeah. Trilogy, that's Trilogy Weekend yeah. to me, the production was really good on it, and it really gave us a taste of Old Weekend um the note I wrote for in your eyes was it's like an eighties throwback and I actually wrote here hollow notes. Um, because the beat <laughs> of it, yeah, the beat of it was very eighties cocaine, like, which I, I, I think that's what Weekend wanted to paint with this album. Yeah. There's a lot of different sounds that we're getting here, Omar. We're not just getting this, you know, like high funk eighties type of bassy guitar riff music. We're also getting music like, um, Escape from L.A., where there's a lot of different synths going on or Hardest to Love, um, Too Late and Alone are very synth-heavy, and then you have Faith, which is like Old Weekend. But then In Your Eyes and the later half of this album is extremely inspired by 80s, uh, by the 80s, which I thought was really interesting as well. So this album has a lot of different sounds, and it's bringing in parts of... um different parts of weekend, which I guess reinvented himself in a way he became this original person or artist because of that. Yeah. Um, All in all, I gave this album like an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, There were certain aspects where I thought the mixing was a little bit off. It sounded weird on my headphones. Um, And then on top of that, I feel like there were certain tracks where, Just let Weekend sing. His voice is good. You don't need to do much with it. Just let him do what he's doing. Yeah. So that kind of took away a little bit. But overall, I was pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of tracks I feel like I'll be going back to. Faith, for sure. Snowchild, for sure. Really liked a lot of the songs from here, man.
1: You know what I was kind of hoping for on those early tracks where there there was a lot of... uh, auto-tuning and and effects and things like that um and the production didn't really do his voice justice i was kind of hoping he'd go more down the kanye uh 808s route of using fully using his voice as an instrument and using Hmm. the beat is driven off of his voice rather than it being like overwhelmed or something like that. Right. And then it's like, you get this whole experience. Like I remember listening to 808s and it's like, sometimes my mind still gets blown when I listen to the production on some of that, because it's like, he's singing, he's rapping and the beat, all of it is just his voice. And it's just like all in one. I feel like that would be pretty good on some of those tracks. Like there yeah. ones.
0: I just think like, admittedly Kanye West and even Young Thug, because those are artists, a lot yeah. of artists now, Nav, they use autotune because they genuinely need it. Yeah. And that's why like, you can, you can fully commit to it to a point where it becomes a part of the instrumental or it is an instrument in itself Yeah. because of that. But with someone like Weekend, the reason why I didn't want that is because he's naturally so gifted with such a great voice. Just use that. Uh, I understand that it can work with the production with the, you know, with the very, with it being very synth heavy and synth focused that you kind of want to add some, some, some form of syntheticness to your voice as well. But I just thought natural able is my favorite able, yeah. you know, just my opinion on that. But what are your thoughts, man? Get, let me know what you think. I, so like I said, I like the second half of the album a lot better
1: than the first. I felt like. The first half of the album, it was a lot of the same type of song, like you said, where remember when the beat changes in Escape from LA, you're like, "What well, is this a different song all of a sudden? Because all of a sudden the entire vibe of the album changes so significantly. And I think the second half was kind of what I was looking for out of this album. That's what the singles were building up to. Like, don't you see a disconnect between Heartless, uh, Blinding Lights and After Hours? Like, the vibe, if someone just made you listen to those three songs and you're expecting an album, wouldn't it like and then you hear like the first half of that album, you'd be like, wait a minute, like is this from the same mm-hmm. is this the same sound that I'm trying to go for and things like that? I guess I was just expecting more of that. And again, everything for me, I guess incorrectly so comes back to trilogy. But then that you when you were saying about every album, he reinvents himself. I was thinking isn't that what we want? Like if he didn't do that, wouldn't we clown him for that? Saying that everything sounds the same. It's boring. He's, he's never changed or something like that. Shouldn't we appreciate the fact that he's always reinventing himself and changing? Cause there are not a lot of artists that have sounded the same and had successful careers because of that. Mm. The ones that have had long successful careers have been the ones that have constantly reinvented themselves, constantly pushed the agenda when it comes to their albums. Like I'm having trouble thinking about artists, that have stuck to the same
0: formula and had long successful careers. DaBaby's career is going to die within a year and a half because he sounds the exact same in every single song. And unless he really changes something up, DaBaby's social media antics are not going to get him really far. Um, I I agree with that. I think reinvention is huge. Even, well, Kanye West is a prime example of that. And a reason why Eminem is struggling in the current music industry is because even if it's old age... um, there are certain sounds that you can play with or go with a little bit more. But more than just simply reinventing yourself into a a new sound, it needs to be the right sound. Uh, Jay-Z did that with 444, uh, with the jazz instrumentals and the way that it just worked for him and uh, you need to have an ear for it jay-z was uh, uh, an example of what i was thinking about because for a long
1: time i don't i personally feel he didn't reinvent himself for a long time we were getting album after album of hove and it's a lot of the same sound yeah there were radio hits in there yeah there were singles in there but i felt like a lot of it was just the same the same lyrics the same content a similar production and and i felt like a lot of that was the same and then with 444 it's like whoa that's why it was such an impactful album because
0: he's never done anything like that before 444 we need to talk more about that album man it's it's great but yeah i cut you off what were you gonna say no, 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 so that's
1: exactly what i'm saying i think 444 is one of his most impactful albums because it's so different than everything that was before it right so maybe i'll look back on after hours and i'll with the with like you know a year from now or two years from now I'll look back and i'll be like okay you know i didn't give it its due because when i take a full look at the discography and i take that journey step to step it's like this was a sound change that i needed or something like that
0: right when i listen to 444 i recently listened to it because it's one of those albums i have to listen to in the summer yeah uh, or in the spring like when the sun is out i'm just weird like that there are certain albums where i just cannot listen like red hot chili peppers in the winter is not a thing you can't tell me that's ever going to be a thing it just doesn't work yeah so i i recently went back to story of oj yeah it's a it's a lesson it's a economics course
1: yeah
0: within a song and the maturity of which he was rapping with you're right it was like a whoa hove where did this come from yeah this isn't your usual picasso baby let me just flex the fact that i can own the mona lisa if i wanted to it's none of that it's like let me give you guys a lesson let me sun the entire rap industry and teach you guys something oh you'll take advances huh You know what I'm saying? Like things like that, where it really does, it really does make an impact. I found myself smiling when I hear some of the lyrics because it's like, man, this guy is on a whole new level. He's a rap business mogul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amazing. And,
1: And I'm glad that we can appreciate that with the artists when they're still here because it's the worst when people look back after like an artist's past or something like that and be like, Oh, this album, you know, this was revolutionary. We didn't give it enough time. And it's like, man, it would have been nice for that artist to know how we felt while they were still here. Right. Like all too often people drop something revolutionary and it's not appreciated till too long after the fact. Right. So, you know what, that's probably something that I should change in my how I approach music and stop comparing to the past so much, even if it's the same artist, right? The benchmark, like, like I don't listen when I was listening to the weekends album, I wasn't comparing him to uh, any of the other artists of, of that genre. I wasn't comparing him to Drake when I was listening to it. So I shouldn't compare him to trilogy as well, because it's almost like comparing him to Drake. It's like a
0: different artist. He was like our age or even younger, actually when he made trilogy. Yeah. It's been a long, long time since, he've made, since he's made that. And I think it's unfair to him to expect. And the same thing with Eminem. Like it's unfair to, to, to tell him to recapture that um, anger and frustration that he had in the world with rock bottom and have that when he's living in a mansion with his, with his daughter. And it, you, you can't recapture some things. There are some things where you just need to appreciate it for that time. And it's a relic in that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just kind of how it goes.
1: And that's how I felt. Because, of course, after listening to After Hours, I went back and really, re-listened re- to Trilogy. And <laughs> I was listening, and I'm like, this is a goddamn masterpiece. Like, this is... You should put this in a museum. Like you said, it will always it's uncorruptible it'll always be that relic right yeah. It'll you'll always be able to go back to it and be like this is what the sound was back then this is what perfection was or something like that and it's like there's just some albums like that that you need to immortalize like that it's like this should not be like corrupted in any way because it's like you have perfectly captured how someone felt how what the uh, environment was at the time what what society was like and like Everything has been captured into this album.
0: Graduation is another one that needs to be immortalized. Yeah. Because that changed the entire rap industry. Yeah. After the whole Curtis versus Graduation between uh, Beef or whatever, between 50 Cent and Kanye West, and Kanye West won with the pink polos and the weird hats and the bears and the whatever, that's when rap changed. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that. That's history. And that album also needs to be immortalized. We should revisit this topic because I want to put some more thought into it. But there are certain albums that need to be uh, immortalized because they capture that time frame so beautifully.
1: Yeah. I was thinking uh, another re-listen that I did is um, I re-listened to Channel Orange. I don't know if I talked about this last episode or not. And I cannot find a flaw in that album. (laughs) Like... I legitimately cannot I listen to it from front to beginning to end (laughs) end, like and and like in all seriousness I listen to it and it's like so uh Frank Ocean recently dropped two new tracks right uh or April and and Kayendo or something yeah and and they're and they're good and and like they're they're good tracks they're obviously going to make me cry and everything like that classic Frank Ocean and stuff but it made me go back and I listened to Channel Orange and the same way I can poke holes in Blonde, I can't do that in Channel Orange. I listen to it and I'm like, this is everything I want in an album. Mm. Literally everything I want in an album. And it's, it's crazy how, I don't know, have people always felt this way about music? Like, I don't know, in the 80s or the 90s when people would release albums like that? Like, am I just being too extra with this or something like that but like i can just identify off the top of my head
0: just like these works of art where i'm like these will always be perfect for me i think even more so back in the 80s and 90s because music was a little bit more limited than it is right now yeah so if you if you have something that's like genuinely just great yeah you're not gonna forget that people still talk about the beatles to this day yeah people still talk about dark side of the moon by Pink floyd to this day why because it it's, it's, that, it's at that time period. It's history. Yeah, Music can make you feel nostalgic. There are certain songs actually within this album that made me feel nostalgic and I have no idea why. It just made me reminisce and think about things that I didn't even do. That's crazy. And music can make you do that. You know, it's, it's insane. Like, The more albums and the more genres you dive into, the more feelings you start to become comfortable with. You know, when you listen to Nirvana, you're not going to feel the same way when you f- listen to Frank Ocean. You, you tap into different feelings whenever you do listen to these, to these artists. And I think that's why um, music is such a good creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Whether you're listening to it or whether you're making it, it's a great outlet, you know? Um, yeah, for sure so overall you said you were going to give it a seven out of ten yeah yeah that might change
1: on on a re-listen or something like that but i think seven out of ten is good um and i mean again that's not that it's a bad album or anything like that seven out of ten is a pretty good score but uh I, i don't know i think there are too many tracks on on the album that don't jump out as much as i'd want them to or something like fair that. enough where it's like i can just like right off the bat just be like okay that's a banger or that's gonna stand out and i'm always gonna come back to this track or something like that there are some mm-hmm. and a lot of them unfortunately happen end up being the singles or something like that but that's just kind of how i feel about the album so
0: i remember that's how i felt with young thug's album so much fun i remember listening to i'm a huge stugger fan i love yeah. that guy um and i remember listening to it so much fun i'm just like I don't, there's nothing really standing out to me. They all sound the same, but it'll happen because then I started listening into mannequin challenge. Like, Oh, this was a, how did I miss this song? There's certain times where with time, it kind of comes back, Mm -hmm. but the initial reaction is extremely important. So yeah. it's good that you're not just standing weekend. Like he, everything he does is perfect. Yeah. I actually expected to go a little bit lower. I was yeah. expecting a, maybe a 7 out of 10 album, but I was pleasantly surprised with what I got, man. And I think yeah. it's mostly because I knew Trilogy Weekend is dead. We'll get, you'll, we'll get pieces of it, but we'll never get a full focus project by, the, by Trilogy Weekend. It's just not going to happen. He outgrew yeah. that part of his life, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, you're right, because he was a kid when that pretty much came out. Yeah. And what he was going through, the drugs, the women, the the lifestyle of not having anything. You're just a completely different person now, right? You have experienced right. so much. You have been on top of Billboard charts. You have, I don't know if he's won Grammys, but I'm going to assume, uh, like like, he's had all these accolades and so much. It's like a very... I don't want to say i don't want to be that guy that says oh the hunger isn't there anymore but it's like a different mentality that you're approaching yeah. this with right yeah. it's like you're no longer doing this just to survive or so, or, or to or to do anything like and
0: that. with a lot of these artists they're at the point of success now where they want to challenge themselves yeah i know m is a huge person that like with, with these lyrics if you really break it down um the amount of syllables and like the the way like he's rapping technically on a technical level, is is a masterpiece. But sometimes people can get lost in that because they're so focused on the technicality of it yeah. that you lose the actual melody, and you never want to get into that, right? So yeah, it is what it is. I wonder if LeBron James had uh was listening to The Weekend while doing his workouts. Did he post like an IG story or anything mm. like that? He usually does after a major release. He like does he does the whole. <laughs> and for people listening on Apple Podcast, Olmar is just violently shaking his head right now. Yeah, imagine, with the phone in front of him, imagine LeBron in
1: his uh, a Sprinter van just jamming his head or whatever. Um, no, he. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. I've been so out of touch with. Uh, like nba players personal lives right now, which is yeah. weird because you 'd think I have so much time on my hands that like that'd be the only thing that i 'm keeping up with but it 's like i 'm so engrossed in my own life and stuff that 's going on it 's like yeah. i don 't have time to keep up with with all the stuff that 's happening like you know what let 's do a roundup. What has actually been going on in the nBA
0: so I think number one is, and a pretty huge one is I think uh, the NBA said. Kind of following what the CBA did, the Chinese Basketball Association, where they're going to be canceling the season. Yeah. Uh, I think the NBA is actually edging towards following suit and doing the same thing, um, which obviously is very tough and unfortunate news for a lot of viewers and players. But we talked about it. What, how, like, how can they possibly do it? How? Like, you can't have a stadium of people by May or by June or by July. <laughs> things are getting more strict as time goes on and people are only now beginning to take the social distancing stuff a little bit more seriously so the NBA is not going to risk it they absolutely will not risk it there's no reason for them to do that
1: 100% it's like yeah we talked about it logistically like how are you going to do it I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of irrationally still holding on some part of me Me where it's like, I don't want, I've had so much fun watching basketball this season. And I feel like because of this podcast, you and I have been so into this NBA season. Even though there were times where, like, you know, we weren't like following every game or every storyline, we have been so plugged into it that I don't want to let it go because it's kind of like our first season because of this podcast. So, and, I don't know, we have so many predictions and so many storylines that we were hoping to see play out that if all of this gets canceled, I feel bad. And I don't know, as a LeBron fan, I feel worse for him because that's just another year that you're older, another year further from your prime, another yeah. um, a missed opportunity because you don't have 15 years in the league ahead of you like some of these younger no. superstars, right? Like this is one of three, one of four, one of five remaining years that you have. Like, so to for it to be a wash of course there are so many more important and serious things going on when it comes to this pandemic and 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 this and the nba season is so minuscule and doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things we get it but you know we're still okay to feel sad about it. exactly like you know we're like it yeah exactly like we're getting back into life. We're understanding, like we completely understand why all of this is happening, and we're full support of you know social distancing and whatever measures we need to do to save lives and keep people safe. But you know, everyone's allowed to feel bad about uh, certain missed things, like people have birthday parties and weddings and things like that that they're having to reschedule or cancel or or whatever it might be. So life goes on, right? It's just all about adapting. So uh those are my thoughts like it sucks i i feel bad i i understand it but i feel bad and i i wish
0: it wasn't this way yeah and it's also crazy to me that uh it's the second year that lebron couldn't take the lakers to the playoffs it's uh, oh
1: my god i'm not falling for it i'm not falling (laughs) for it we are moving on to more important news that has come out of the national basketball association And that is a horse tournament, an (laughs) H-O-R-S-E tournament. (laughs) Can you explain that thing to me? I don't even get it, man. So Woj tweeted that the NBA is looking into televising, uh, nationally televising a horse tournament where NBA players would play. So you know horse, right? The game where you take like trick shots uh, on an NBA court and then. If you take one, the person after you has to make the same shot. If they miss, they get a letter. And once you get H-O-R-S-C, you're out of the game. Right. You lose. Um, they're televising that. Now, obviously, they can't do it in the same spot. So it's kind of going to be over Zoom or some type of video conferencing where a player will record <laughs> themselves doing a trick shot in their own home gym or driveway or whatever. And they're... Uh, the person they're facing off against needs to do the same thing wherever they are. And they just kind of go back and forth. And the reaction the reaction to this was the funniest part about it because here we are a fan base so deprived of sports, so <laughs> deprived of the NBA. You know, we just want something. We miss the sport so much. And Woj is like, guys, there's a horse, horse. tournament coming. And everyone's just like, This ain't it. Like Everyone they, it like, they just shot it down. They're like, this ain't it. What the hell is this? Like, I'm sleep. Like I'm the s- best the best reaction was I scrolled down and it's the Stephen A. Smith classic picture face me. was just staring. It's like NBA horse tournament. Staring. <laughs> I loved it.
0: But you know what I am actually looking forward to? First of all, my thoughts on that is Yeah, I'm sleep. <laughs> We'll I'm not trying to see Blake Griffin do whatever through Zoom and yeah. do that with Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Like, that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Um But what I am looking forward to, and uh you might have seen this on LeBron James's uh, Instagram, um, he's actually planning on doing something similar to Detail by Kobe, where he kind of goes through um previous playoff games and previous playoff, you know, um series, and he gives his own input on what's going on within the game or like what the opponent is thinking, what he's about to do, yep. you know, why he went left, why he went right. Um, pretty much detail, but the LeBron James edition and, you know, LeBron James is, you know, like has the most IQ, a uh, basketball IQ of of any person in the league right now. So that would be incredible to watch. Uh, that's definitely something to look forward to. A director's cut with LeBron would
1: be amazing because just hearing him talk about the game the few times it's um reporters have asked him to relive certain sequences in the game you've seen the post-game interviews where he will just go play by play he will talk yeah. about who inbounded from where they oh i
0: remember that tweet long,
1: yeah it was a video yeah yeah, yeah yeah, how long it took him to get up the court where he what he was thinking in his head he's like and You've you've probably seen um, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, DJ Vlad interviewed I think that's who it was, uh, or Vlad I'm forgetting what the DJ Vlad, guy, is Vlad TV Vlad TV, TV Vlad TV, TV yeah. that's what it is yeah he interviewed uh, Iman Shumpert and Iman Shumpert talks about uh, how smart LeBron James is and it was just a lot of like hey Schump. I'm going to dribble the ball up the court. When this happens, cut here. You're going to get an open man here because so-and-so, we know their defensive scheme. They're going to rotate out there. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he's like, I I do whatever LeBron told, told me to do. I, go, I right. get an open layup. I get an open layup. Yeah. And I just look back at him. And I'm like, how did you know this? How did you know that that would be how they treated this scheme or whatever. And just to hear him break it down
0: would be incredible. It would be a treat. It would be um an absolute treat. And that's the only thing that will really help us get through this quarantine, man. Yeah. It's if we can watch a series like that, like a man, 2012 game six against Boston
1: mm-hmm.
0: when he went berserk. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Man.
1: I wanna hear him break down game one of 2018 and talk oh, through. Man. So right here you're gonna see George Hill break some free throws and then J.R. Smith's not gonna know the score and they're gonna to incorrectly to rule this uh a blocking foul when it was clearly a charge. Like so much is just gonna happen.
0: It would be, I'm excited. It would man. be a treat. Yeah, yeah, it would be an absolute treat to see something like that. Um, another thing to look forward, though, I believe as of April 19th, uh, they're actually doing the documentary for Michael Jordan.
1: Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. That's
0: going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I can't wait to get some more ammo just to show <laughs> all you LeBron fans. Oh, man.
1: Uh, so Murros and I, uh, friend of the pod, Murros and I, we're talking, <laughs> Muros, friend of the pod, uh, we were talking about uh, the documentary, and we're just kind of like scared because now there's going to be a whole bunch of people that have never watched basketball in that era, never watched <laughs> Jordan, that are just going to come through with <laughs> cakes and start roasting LeBron, and it's like, man, I'm
0: I'm going to have to defend myself so much and defend Bron so much. But I mean, within the chat, it's only me. Like, there isn't a single other like. Michael Jordan is like, a, like it's literally only me. I need someone like Isom to come into our group chat just so I can have nah. a tag, just so I can, just so I can tag somebody in. You know what oh, I mean? Man, man, but I that still, is something to look forward to. I That's still definitely see something. Isom's likes on Twitter, man. This guy he just
1: purposely likes these things to roast LeBron, and it's just. It irks me so much. I know he's listening, and I know he's smiling right now. He's smiling right now, and I know he does it just to piss me off. But it's like, whatever. You know what? I'll I'll let it slide. So merles and I were talking about this, and like big picture, we're just like, when has someone actually changed their opinion on something a basketball about a basketball player or basketball team? It's like no amount of arguing, no amount of like whatever, is going to change someone's opinion. But that's the beauty of it.
0: That's no but that's genuinely the beauty of sports debates. You're not going to convince the other person. It's not supposed to be logical. Sports debates are purely emotional responses. That's all it is.
1: It's like sometimes it just feels so futile. It's like And then I at one
0: point sports? it's just going to get personal. <laughs> They're going to be like, "Yo, one v you won right now. You're shit." And so like, dude, this wasn't even like a part of the conversation. You yeah. just introduced that to me right now. It wasn't supposed to be like that. But yeah, you're right. You don't, you don't convince the other person. You're yeah. not going to. I if they're willing to have a debate with you in the first place, they're thick headed enough to think that they're, they're right and they're only right. Yeah.
1: Why do we do it? Why, does, why, why do we do it on this podcast? Like you and I go out <laughs> of each other's heads so often.
0: Because some of our best episodes is when I bring up Jimmy Butler not being able to. <laughs> oh man, is there anything right. else NBA though? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, so what did we have? We had uh, we talked the about- closing horse, um, LeBron and potential detail, uh, the MJ documentary. Um I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's oh, anything else. Oh, you know
1: what? One thing we should definitely make mention of is the first ballot Hall of Fame uh inductees came out. So, we have Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett being inducted um on their first uh try. So, that's um
0: that's a really good class, man. Probably correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems you have the best power forward and um I, you know, for a lot of people they would say that uh, the second best shooting guard in the league, uh, would Kobe Bryant. Like people could would make an argument for that, um, and for Tim, Timmy D. Like of course best power forward. And you have Kevin Garnett who's uh, amazing in, in itself as well. So is this the greatest class ever to be in, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame? Like I really, I, I don't
1: know enough so. historically to make a call like that. But I just think about all those players and they all had like legendary careers. And obviously, I like Garnett the least out of out of that group because I just. I don't vibe with Garnett's personality and I hate how he's still milking that one ring they won in 2008. The one ring the Celtics have got in 34 years, but like, whatever, you know, take Mm -hmm. some, like some (laughs) more tweets against, uh, Braun, but I don't know. That's a, it's a really good class. And I just think back to like, man, they had legendary careers. All those players got one Mm -hmm. rings, multiple MVPs across the board. Finals MVPs and, I'm, I get excited about the future classes that you and I are gonna see in the league, dude. We're gonna see like Luca get inducted into the Hall. Yeah. We will be old as hell, and we'll be like, I remember when that guy was drafted. When he was, I remember league. when I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah. Taken how like how crazy that's gonna be like I'm still gonna be in shock when like you know LeBron gets inducted and LeBron is giving his speech and I'll be like crying because we already know what that's gonna be man like he he wasn't supposed to be here he's just another kid from Akron and like. I think about all these young players that we've just seen enter the league and how eventually they will transition to a post NBA, you know, like retirement, life whatever whether that's announcing, whether that's um, you know, having their own show, like whatever it's going to be, they're going to have these ventures and we're going to be those old heads that are going to look at them and we're going to be like you, you know that guy in, uh calling games for OKC. Uh that guy used to be a pretty good player on the team actually or or whatever it's going to be, right? Like Yeah if jeremy grant's announcing for okc and you're watching a game like Like, i I remember his
0: athleticism and you know what i mean like how he hit that one three whatever like little things like that yeah
1: it's like it's weird because it's like reggie miller to me is just an announcer i didn't watch reggie miller growing up right good point he's one of the best three-point shooters of all time and to, to me he's he's an announcer or something like that tim duncan there will be a generation that remembers tim duncan as just a coach he's like oh isn't that the guy that coaches uh on san, san antonio or something like dude this guy was <laughs> at some points the best player in the league like this guy won yeah. mvps rings and like stuff like that so it's it's crazy how we think about these players and their and what they are to us evolve over time and stuff like that
0: my dad does that, man. Whenever we're watching like a Jays game and like, uh, you know, like Joe Carter randomly just comes up in in commentary or whatever, uh, he'll mention that. I'll be like, you know who this guy is?
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like he'll just ask me like, yeah, like I know, but I don't know too much about him. He's like, this guy was one of the, and then you just have a story for everything. Like I remember when I was at this bar yeah. and this happened at this world series, whatever. Um, that's going to be us. And you know what? Raptors are the defending championships and yo, they, Hey, nobody won longest title, longest title. The Larry O'Brien is
1: still in Toronto. You know, you know when, sure. you know when, uh, Tr- uh, uh, Tristan Thompson said that the uh, East still runs through Cleveland. You know, <laughs> 2019. I mean, bro, the league still runs through Toronto. So that's right. Hate to break that's it right. to you, we're but still but champions. But that's
0: gonna be that's definitely gonna be one of those memories that I just can't wait to share with yeah. a young buck. You know, just letting him know what we went through. Like when I drove to Toronto in game six in Milwaukee. And we were just celebrating. Like, when Robin almost got shot. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Robin. Friend of the friend pod. Friend of the
0: pod. Shout
1: out to a dude that almost shot him. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> It's crazy. And it's like, it's, it's not even like, I'm excited to tell the stories of not even like Kawhi in the game seven shot. That, that everyone's going to remember I want to about
0: Fred Van Vliet.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm going to talk. I have so many stories of so many players that unfortunately, like they might not, like we will always remember them, but the general NBA fan 20 years from now might not remember them. Right. And we'll be able to live through those memories the same way. Like old heads, like Allie, like <laughs> live through their old <laughs> memories and stuff. Man's going to come to me like, yo, Shane Batty, bro. Shane Battier, <laughs> bro. Like, man, Get out
0: of here. Man. Um, but you know, like with all of that, man. Like as much as we did get to see, super grateful. The the storylines, the narratives. Um, if this truly is the end of the NBA season, um, yeah. it was a wonderful season. Um, yeah, full of full of great stories. Um, the most parody we've ever seen. Um, and we've always wanted that battle of LA. Unfortunately, we're not sure if we're going to be getting it. But if this is the NBA, if this is the if this is the end of the NBA season. Um, it was definitely one to remember Um, for sure it was a great one
1: and you know all that means for for us and the pot is you know we're back to our prime prime (laughs) form you know now it's time to hype up the next NBA season whenever it returns and once it's here uh, we'll head out you know
0: all right I think that wraps up everything for this (laughs) week's episode um, if you are listening on Apple podcasts, be sure to leave a comment and leave a five star rating. It definitely helps us out. Um, same thing with Google play and Spotify, whichever platform you are listening through. If it is audio for all my video watchers, hello from YouTube. We are on YouTube at, um, you can just search up the session, the basketball podcast. You'll see the thumbnail of me and Omar pretending to be friends we're going to have another video here as well. Yep. You show that Pedro mustache of yours. Uh, We are on YouTube and this is something we see that's going to continue. um, Potentially even after everything blows over, we don't know where this is going to go, Uh, but this is just another way for us to um, continue this podcast. And um, there's a lot more in store.
1: Looking forward to it. So from everyone, uh, follow us on IG at the session ball. So the session ball, Follow us on Instagram. Once again, shout out to Australia and the Netherlands. I know you listening <laughs> from the Netherlands. But
0: uh from everyone here at the session, cheers. Cheers.